Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. This week in fictional news, CD Projekt Red has just confirmed that the Witcher 4 video game is going to be coming out at some point in the future. All we really got was this still image of, it looks like a like a cat or like a cougar's mask. So instead of the wolf mask or wolf uh, medallion, not a mask, but the medallion from the third game and the one that Geralt always wears in the books and the show, uh, it looks like a cat. And I think that in the Witcher lore, at least on the wiki, there's a Lynx school, like L I. L-Y-N-X. L-Y-N-X. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think Geralt was part of the wolf school. Mm, I bet you it's going to be a Siri thing. I think it's going to be a Siri game too, which I'd be really into because the uh, the Siri parts in the third game were okay, but they were more cinematic than anything. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, it looks like this is a ways out. There's no release date for it or anything. I think that after Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red is probably... You know, they're going to wait <laughs> and probably try not to hype yeah. everybody up as much as they did the last one. But I'm just excited that The Witcher, you know, is just gaining in popularity. And it's an it's popular enough at this point that we were all kind of expecting a fourth video game. And I bet it's going to be pretty good. It looks like they're going to use uh, Unreal Engine 5 instead of the other engine that they were using. Yeah, uh, that's what like I read, the, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that uh, Unreal Engine 5 is pretty awesome they're doing a lot of stuff with that and it looks really good so i'm excited i don't know i don't know what what sorry to interrupt you but i don't know what that means really does that mean it's like a physics engine or like all the little objects that they use are already pre-created so they're using like a templated thing or what what does that mean that i'm using this engine um as far as i know so when you're making a video game um instead of just making the entire thing from the ground up you have what's called an engine and essentially what that is is it kind of has all of the assets and it's kind of like a it's kind of like the daw for recording like recording software you know what i mean i think totally they're semi-analogous so it's like you don't have to create your own recording software every time you want to make an album or a podcast you just use the engine that's already there so that so that a lot of the work is already done and you can get to actually making the game got it so it has the probably like a lot of um patterns graphics so you like you don't have to invent like what a brick wall looks like it's already got that in there and then probably physics would be a big part of it as well as i know i used to play a lot with the um one for the elder scrolls back in the day for morrowind on the computer you had access to the engine and you could build all sorts of stuff so i just didn't know if it was that or if it was some other thing that i didn't know yeah, you know, I mean, I, I get into all kinds of creative stuff and like I make my own music and I make this podcast and I write books and stuff like that, but uh, I never really tried making a video game. I bet it is a ton of work. Oh, I, a ton I can't of work. even imagine. I used to make uh, some StarCraft maps because my brother and my dad were really into start playing StarCraft and they would just beat me all the time. And so I was like, I need a thing that I can still be a part of my brother and dad's hobby, but not playing the game because they just whoop me every time. <laughs> I really hope that Geralt is in this game. Me too. I wonder if he'll be more of like a, um, who's the older guy with the V? v-, v- oh, v- uh, Vesemir. Vesemir, yeah. If he'll kind of play the Vesemir like, I'm an old witcher. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, if he's all grizzled and kind of mm-hmm. over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a different version of Geralt once again. Uh, what have you been doing this week? Oh man, I've been uh, I've been having some fun this week. So I finished just earlier today. In fact, I'm so excited. I finished the Dark Crystal 
TV show. Oh, the wow. You really Age tore through that one. Yeah, I crushed. What'd you think about it? I loved it so much. I'm only I on like the it. third episode right now. Oh, really? I'm Dude, moving you through to finish it. it. Yeah. Well, it deserves we'll a whole a... podcast. Yeah, yeah, it does. If we didn't have jobs, I would say that we should do an episode by episode episodes. (laughs) Everyone would get so sick of that. Like Evan and Chad are on their Dark Crystal game right now. They're on such a kicker. (laughs) Great. They put out 10 hour long Dark Crystal episodes. Okay. A mistake that I kept making, though, was eating while watching it. It's surprisingly gross. Like it's Mm -hmm. shockingly like because everything's real and puppeted. That the slime and the spit and it's all real. And it's just uh, like the one guy with the pustules on his beak, you know? Oh, just, yeah. Ugh, that guy was gross me out. Couldn't even eat while listening, <laughs> watching him. Yeah, on rewatching it, I'm I'm really kind of noticing a lot of like it's so campy. It gets still manages to be campy, even with <laughs> all of the money that was thrown at it it's just there's like these weird jokes that just totally don't land Uh but it makes it that much more endearing totally my favorite characters have to be the duo the mystic skexy and oh, the yeah. other one and like the temple of the sun or whatever yeah, in the, the middle of the desert yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one of them's just really so it's like this is how i was like talk how you talk oh my god you take forever <laughs> it was just so aware of itself i loved it Yeah. And, you know, like one of the things that I just love so much about the Dark Crystal is that it's weird, but it's its own thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is like that show. And I think that when people watched it and the reason it's not getting another season, unfortunately, is because people were like, this is really weird. This (laughs) this is like way too weird. You know, I looked into it today because I was so sad that there wasn't going to be another one. And it's there was some rumors that they might bring it back. Um, so it's not entirely dead, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it is, there is no plans to make the second one, but I I heard that it was actually due to COVID that really put the big hitch in it because it took 2,500 people to make that show because you have to have like puppeteer It's just so much effort put into that show. And they were saying, you know, the real, the unfortunate thing with it, not getting approved for a second season is that a lot of the work is already done because the costumes are made. The sets are made. All they need to do is like make tweaks to it, add in some new things. So a lot of the groundwork has already been majorly laid. So we'll see. Yeah. But apparently with, you know, a pandemic on the rise, it's hard to get 2,500 people involved all in the same spot and it's probably safe. Yeah. I imagine it is. Well, hopefully it comes out. Yeah, man, it was uh, at the end. We had like a party like there was like an actual like adventuring party when they all get back yeah. together and they're fighting the Skeksis in the final showdown. Oh, it was so good. I've been reading some more of the Priory of the Orange Tree as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, not quite as much as I wanted to. I had a little bit of a family emergency in the middle of the week. One of my cousins uh, had a heart attack, but he's doing all right. He made it through. So, but yeah, I did not get a chance to read as much as I wanted to, but it was still, uh, still, still got a couple more chapters in on that book and it's really good. Like how far into it are you? Like, uh, just like the first like hundred pages or something. Yeah, definitely in the first hundred pages. Yeah, It's 800 pages. That's a lot of fantasy book. (laughs) Yeah, dude. That's a, it's a girthy book. It is a girthy book for sure. (laughs) It's all right. You're going to, you're going to get to a point in it where you're not going to be able to put it down. Before I read books for 
the half of the point being to finish them so I could talk about them here. I was like mad if a book was that I liked was less than 600 pages. Like what? <laughs> now you're like, I need to finish this. So I have yeah. content. To make. Yeah. I'm like, can I get a hundred page book, please? Like where's all the emperor's souls at here? <laughs> I know. Like I'm so tempted sometimes to just read like five novellas in like yeah. three days and just, be like look at all these books i read and it does count obviously but it's like i still think it's better mm -hmm. for us to just like power through some of these you know bigger ones and oh definitely i think it was the greatest angel on his tiktok he was like if you've fallen behind on your tbr uh, and your reading goals for the year here's some good ways to catch up and i was like bless you you are a beautiful human <laughs> i mean uh, i bought the new editions of saga the two newest ones they're like three dollars each and they're oh. so short they're like little oh, they're just what? issues of comic books um and they're just chapters what is saga i don't i don't really know what this is you don't know what saga is no i know oh. what sega is but... <laughs> <laughs> no saga is a uh, graphic novel or a comic i don't know like the actual somebody got mad at me on tiktok once they were they like stitched one of my videos and said i was oh dumb because i didn't know the difference between graphic novels and comic books you know even people who do know the difference that's not clearly defined i guarantee you there's a raging war online <laughs> well i think the definition is like a graphic novel is like one issue it's complete it's just like a it's a novel basically but like a comic is like basic is like this episodic kind of thing like so saga i think technically is a comic um, but okay. I have the um, I have the omnibus of chapters one through fifty four, and it's really big. But it's like fantasy space opera. It's really really good. It was like one of the, my favorite reads from last year. What if but... a graphic novel is a trilogy? Does it become a really big comic book? I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't care. I just call <laughs> yeah, it whatever I, I want. Uh, but anyway, um, I I did pick up the newest issues, and there was like a I don't know if it was a hiatus, but there was just a really big break and a big cliffhanger at the end of chapter 54 of saga so i have 55 and 56 and 57 just came out but i don't know i'm not gonna like count these as like you know you could still talk about them, read. I, oh i'm definitely gonna talk about them i should have read them today actually but uh i mean but i've been reading uh jade war obviously i'm almost done yeah, with it same. it's so good i mean like we're gonna make a whole episode about it obviously but the whole first half of jade war was a little rough it was just it, it was it wasn't bad it was just slow yeah um but things are really picking up Absolutely, it is. And I, by the way, I Googled Saga and it did prompt me as Saga, the comic book series. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, we can at least put that to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. You should read it. And you'll, you would get through it. I mean, I read it in like less than a week and it's really long, but it's a, it's a comic, you know, it's just not a ton of words on each page. And the art is magnificent. Uh, but I'm also, I finished, uh, like, speaking of comics, uh, I finished Uzumaki by Junji Ito which is a horror manga and oh my god <laughs> so so graphic pictures? oh there's pictures <laughs> oh. oh my god oh oh are there pictures chad <laughs> do you have anyone laying next to you that you can hold up so i can look at them because uh, everyone listening to us will get tons of value from that <laughs> <laughs> sorry we don't have youtube up yet everybody but this it's is coming. probably for the best because it's we literally ordered cameras before this episode we did yeah we're gonna be filming quite a bit of stuff i actually put my first youtube short up a few hours before we got on here nice i put up a few uh, shorts over the last week or so on my wix words uzumaki is kind of about this town of like six thousand people in japan and they start getting kind of like obsessed and to a certain extent like <gasps> controlled 
by a spiral pattern. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. And it's, oh my God. And it's really like um, episodic. And I think that it was coming out in issues kind of like with um, Saga and uh, like other comics and stuff. Um, so it, it, it is like a, a continuous story, but it's just a little bit different. But yeah, here's a picture. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's gets uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's really <Pretty> graphic. graphic. <laughs> I know I was I was uh, I, I audibly shouted when I saw yeah, it, it was a it was a gruesome, grisly violence graphic that he showed me, not a sexual yeah. graphic. If anyone listening is wondering. And if you've read um, Uzumaki, it's in the very beginning of the book and you probably know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's it's just the spiral is kind of like an entity almost. I feel like the spiral is kind of the main character. And like the characters in Uzumaki don't really seem to have a whole lot of agency. Like they don't have like really any any control over what's going on in this town, like at all. And the spiral is just slowly taking over the town. Just the idea of spirals. And you've got it, what it's sort of effect- form does the spiral live in? Is it a physical thing or is it just an idea? It's like a bunch of different spirals all over the place. Can I go see just- it? What do you mean? Somewhere? Like, is it exists? Is there like a spiral in the middle of town, like a swirling vortex or something? Uh, kind of. I mean, like, it, there's one, like, every time somebody's cremated, the uh, the smoke turns into a spiral shape in the Ooh. sky. Then they get sucked into a lake in the middle of the town. And, like, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like the spiral pattern is taking over the town. And it huh. just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as the book goes on until this totally ridiculous ending and that is just over um but it it is just uh it's one of the most unique things that i've read certainly and i'm definitely going to be reading a lot more junji ito but basically i mean like i i read like half of it and then i went to sleep and had a nightmare and then i woke up and finished it wow that was was <laughs> so it, it was a like, nightmare about spirals no it wasn't it was the, but it was it was kind of close to something else that was in the book that i don't want to spoil mm. but it was semi related to what i was reading and then you thought it would be the best idea to finish it i had to get <laughs> it done. woke up from yeah. the nightmare but apparently junji ito is like legendary uh he's very very popular among manga and especially horror manga circles i know i was really glad i read it and there's another one that i want to read called uh ramina i think is is what it's called about like a planet that kind of appears in the sky uh and kind of weirds everybody out but i'm just really happy to start kind of moving more into some manga and some more graphic novels and comics and stuff, because I've always kind of had my eye on that stuff, but I've just been so entrenched in, you know, fantasy and science fiction and horror like novels that it's just good to branch out and start, you know, even if I can only get a taste of certain things. Cause I did go into a comic book store on Hawthorne here in Portland called Excalibur comics. It's a really awesome store, but I was so overwhelmed when I was in there. It's like, if you, took somebody into the fantasy section at like some giant bookstore and they're just like i have no idea where to even start i've never even heard of most of this stuff you know so it's like in this comic book shop they had all the graphic novels on the walls right and there were thousands and thousands of them but the bulk of the store on the floor is single issues of comics just in crates just boxes like a record store you know, but way more than a record store has because they're all like so thin. Right. So you just got to dig through. Yeah. There was this one guy that was um, 
he like had a he picked a, I don't know if this was an okay thing to do but he like grabbed the box off the table and just like put it on the ground and was sitting on the ground just like sifting through all of them <laughs> and it's like man this guy's probably been here for a while yeah <laughs> like, he's trying to find like that one edition yeah but like it's it seems like something I definitely want to get into but I'm gonna kind of just go in very slowly and try to read some of the the best of what I think is in each genre and then kind of start branching out from there because like i'm not even going to touch anything marvel or dc related yet there's just a few other ones i want to read i think you can get the most value out of that i mean you know obviously there's a lot more in the marvel dc comics than there is in the movies but if i was to go heavily into the comic book graphic novel world i would want to hit on things a little bit more fringe i mean like i I know that sandman by neil gaiman is supposed to be really good Hmm. uh and then also lock and key by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son, is supposed to be really excellent too. And then, um, you know, you've got like Swamp Thing, which I th- think is more, Alan Moore. Uh, but then there's like, I mean, I still haven't read V for Vendetta. I still haven't read Watchmen. Oh, I really want to read that too. Yeah. So there's just, there's a lot of stuff that I want to get to. Um, but the nice thing about comics and graphic novels and stuff is that you can kind of really get through them quickly. So yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna start maybe setting aside a little bit of a budget for him. And I've, cool. I've got the uh, I've got the Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind manga that somebody was really nice uh, and sent me those. So yeah, lots of stuff there. And uh, I also, oh my god. So yeah, like, I mean, I have been reading some really cool stuff this week, but I'm also really struggling. I'm having a really difficult reading week because I'm reading um, Bag of Bones by Stephen King and Circe by Madeline Miller, both really <laughs> good books, but they are so slow. Oh, like, both of them they're, yeah they're both uh, so, and cersei and they're both they're slow in different ways like uh bag of bones is like damn like you really took your sweet time with this mr king you are really this guy really is in a cabin in the woods yes he is you know <laughs> like it's uh, just there's like whole sequences where he's just kind of like walking around just thinking thoughts and you know, and they're good. They're interesting thoughts, but it's just, I don't know. I'm like 300 pages into it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure something's going to happen at some point, but. Isn't it about a writer having writer's block? Yeah. So it's kind Maybe of Maybe it's designed that way <laughs> yeah. on purpose to kind of like make yeah. you feel what he's feeling. Well, you know? I'm feeling it. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's by no means the worst Stephen King book I've ever read, but it feels like a very like personal story almost, you know, cause Stephen mm-hmm. King's a writer, like Stephen King really loves his wife, Tabby. And you can tell he put a lot of thought into it and really put himself in that headspace and probably has lived in that headspace a lot too. So it's cool to read something that's that like, I guess intimate is the right word. But yeah. It's just really slow. And then Cersei, um, hmm, I don't know. I'm just, it's just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's up by alley. Really? Like, I, but it's it's weird because I really loved Song of Achilles, which is um, Madeline Miller's other book. Didn't you say usually someone likes one or the other? Yeah, that seems to kind of be the thing. I mean, it's, and I still like it, right? It's like if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be reading it. Right. You no, know, I just put it down and I just tell everybody, like, eh, I didn't really like Cersei very much, but I do like it. And I like Cersei as a character quite a bit. It's just, it's which just is one interesting. of those things. Have a Cersei you like, right? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's, I think maybe probably what happened is that I got to a slow part and I haven't been motivated to pick it back up, but it's probably going to get better. And that's happened to me before with quite a few books, actually, now that I think of it. It's like you kind of get to just by chance, like that happened to me with uh, Name of the Wind. 
the first oh, time really? I read it. Yeah, this part I, is slow. Um, I got to the part where um, they were. It was right before they were about to see Ben off when they're in like that village and Ben like meets that woman and they like, okay. and both parents are like singing and stuff. And I got to right about there, and then I put it down and then just wasn't motivated to pick it back up for like months. And then wow. for some reason, I started it over and pushed past that part and then wasn't able to put it down. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and, and that's happened to you, it might not be that the book is wholly uninteresting. You might have just gotten to like a doldrums kind of part and then you haven't been motivated to pick it up. So push through it just a little bit more, you know, and then if it's really bad, just put it down. Yeah. yeah. Always push just a little bit longer than you would have without that a little bit of di- without that extra little bit of discipline. Uh, but then if it doesn't get better. Bounce. Yeah, I feel like that's a more nuanced kind of like uh, rule to follow than kind of what I've yeah. been preaching a little bit, which is like, if you don't like it, just put it down. Because then it's like, I mean, chances are you're going to get to a boring part. It's you yeah. can't just be like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Over it. Yeah, like, like I didn't like The Witcher when I was playing it and I was playing it seriously just because it was like The Witcher's all about evolving one character. Oh, yeah, Siri, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, what did I say? You have Cersei on the brain. Cersei, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's like I've spent so much time leveling up the Geralt character. I don't want to play this other character who I don't have the ability to level. It feels like kind of a yeah. waste of my time. Like, it's an interesting way to have kind of a, engage you into the story and the flashbacks, but I would always be a little bit annoyed. And uh, with lots of books, there's, you know, it's a I would have been remiss if I would have just stopped playing the game. Like, ah, nope, done. So just push. Yeah. Do you have a uh, fictional fun fact for me? Oh, do I ever. We are going to get into some good stuff here. I taught myself how to figure out whether or not something is a first edition or just like what all those little numbers mean on the inside cover or sometimes back cover of a book, usually on the copyright page. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So it's, Interesting. And there's kind of some fun little tidbits sprinkled in here. I was really intrigued when I went down this rabbit hole. So the numbers that I'm talking about specifically are the ones that go um, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, or they'll be like 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. Okay. You ever seen those? Yeah. Let me look at, uh, I've got, yeah, I mean, pull up I'm, any book. I've got a bunch of them laying around here. So. <laughs> no. All right. So I just picked up a, oh yeah, I went to a used bookstore today and I got a Never Night which is the first book in Jay Kristoff's something trilogy, Nevernight trilogy, I think. And I got this other book called Unnatural Magic by C.M. Wagoner. Heard that was really good. But uh, hmm. let's check Nevernight real quick. Let's see what it says. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be in there. Now, a lot of first editions say first edition, but hmm. you don't get too stoked right away because it could be a first edition from a different publishing company. So like if a publishing company purchases the rights to a book, it's going to reset the edition count. So it'll be like first edition from Random House as opposed to the other one, you know? So it could be kind of deceiving in that the first edition is not always the first edition, the true first edition of the book. It could just be the first edition of that publisher. Totally. So this copy of Nevernight, um, it doesn't have a series of numbers on it. It just says it's got the ISBN, which is like the identifying number for the book right, title. Right. It's a universal product code for the the thing yeah like a book social security number this one doesn't have it interesting would there be a reason that it doesn't have oh no no it's i'm i didn't even look at the whole page my thumb was covering it up <laughs> it's kind of hard uh, to see it's random so it's just it just says 10 9 that's all it says yep. okay so what that means is that it's the ninth edition 
So whatever it is, is this really? the lowest number on the list. Oh. Except for if it's five, four, three, two, and the one is missing, it's the one. It's the first edition. Really? So yeah, my understanding on this is it's the lowest number, except for if it's the first edition, then it's the number that's missing. The two will be the lowest. That doesn't mean it's the, the second one. Man, um, I'm going to be checking all of my books now. I know, right? I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> and like so, anytime I get a used copy of a book. Yeah, but if it says 5432, you've got a first edition. Okay, so for this one, the uh, the CM Wagner book I have here, it says 13579108642. What does that what? mean? <laughs> Is that mean it's just this is like the the fifteenth edition or something. Like, is it just? There's just been so many editions at this point that they're all mixed up. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I that means that it's one. the first edition print. Wait, you know, this one says first edition. Yeah. Okay. So if it <laughs> this is so me it's, on my podcast, not as, reading the whole fucking page. <laughs> well, no, it's different too because different publishing companies do it differently. Some okay. will list the one. Some won't list the one. Okay. Yeah. So this and says so, first edition. Huh. Yeah, if the one if it's like one, two, three, four, five, then it's the lowest number. That rule takes effect and it's the first one. So I do want to clarify, even though you're the one that did the research on here, um, first edition does not necessarily mean first pressing. Right. Those are way different things. Like so a first edition, like Lord of the Rings, is really cool that you've got that, right? But a first pressing of Lord of the Rings would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like that's and explain the difference. Well, first pressing would be the first time that they printed it, you know, like the first right. batch of books, you know, the first edition right. is just the first time it looked like that. And before they did any like revisions to the text or yep. anything. And so. why do they do revisions to the text? I think bears is a good question. And a lot of the times it's because um, an error will be in a book. And so they mm -hmm. want to fix that error or a movie comes out you know and so they do like the movie title the movie cover one they change the cover art yeah like in my uh in my copy of uh, harry potter and the half-blood prince there's a chapter where um i think it's half-blood prince but there's a chapter and it's on like the first page of one of the chapters and it says uh snap instead of snape so it oh. says like s-n-a-p so the e's not on there and so and i think that in the next edition they obviously caught that and fixed it and fixed it well it's interesting how you know that probably makes it more expensive it's funny how the errors of the past can be the value of the future you know um, i'm looking at this first edition of marl fox by brian jacques and it has the three five seven nine ten eight six four two and this is a first edition so this would be an example of one that's missing the one but is a first because it says first edition Oh, oh, except it says first American edition, which is another reason why it's something might be maybe the first edition, but is not also the true first edition because it's first American edition. Right. So like the Harry Potter books that I have that are first American edition, it's like, yeah, but those aren't, you know, right. legit. Um, now, the interesting thing here is it's like, OK, why the heck? do they do that? Why wouldn't they just print the number? You know, it'd be a lot clearer and easier if there was just a two on there to denote this is the second edition. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why is it's a remnant left over from how printing used to happen where they would create plates that uh, was the page that they would press. And apparently it's much easier to remove something from the plate than it is to add something. If you want to add something, you have to make an entirely new plate. So they would start off 
assuming that there was going to be seven or eight more editions. They'd be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then when they come out with the second edition, they just cover over the one, fill it in or something. So they don't have to make a whole new plate. I'm so glad I know this now. I know. Isn't that interesting? And then like, obviously we don't have that problem with printing anymore because we're not making plates, but that's just how it is because it's how it's always been. I'm now, I mean, I have hundreds and hundreds of books, but uh, I'm kind of tempted now. I know. Catalog. (laughs) I started going through. You probably have some first, first editions up in there. Now, how do you, is there a way to tell if something's the first pressing? I didn't look into that. I have no idea. I don't know if it would say it. Mm, I don't either. I mean, we could, uh, we are on our computers. We do have the Google. <laughs> Let me look it up just real quick. All right. Like with anything, I'm sure there's going to be like a million different ways. Like sometimes it lists the one, sometimes it doesn't list the ones. <laughs> uh, the publisher may actually state the words first edition or first printing on the copyright page. Another common method of identification is the number line. Uh, if a one is present in the line, then it's a first edition. Wait, were you wrong? No. It's done differently on both because, no. like, mine says, <laughs> mine doesn't have the line, well, the one here, the one, and, it and it says say, first yeah. edition. Yeah, totally. so I think it's just different companies do it differently. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that there'd be such a varied approach to it, seeing as there's so many different companies that are doing this. Yeah, stuff. and maybe there's a nuance here that I'm missing or something. So if you're like a mo- book master, feel free to send me an email and be like, I could not stand listening to you be wrong on the podcast. <laughs> And educate me, and I will recorrect myself on the next Monday Morning Minute. But I did a little bit of research, and I'm quite certain that Sounds this right. is different and different companies. Because especially because you have one that you just read that has the one that is a first edition, and I have one right here that doesn't have the one, and it also says first edition. So yeah, that is really weird. Yeah, I'm just gonna anyway. like what you know. What you can at least do is look for whether it says first edition. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, sometimes like the... they don't say first edition. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I read that too. I know. I'm like trying to think of a cool, uh, you know, this will work, but it doesn't yeah, sound it's like so anything not standardized. Either. That's going to wrap it up for us today on the Monday morning minute. Thank you so much to everybody that's sitting down and listening to us. If you're on your way to work or if you're hanging out at home, we really appreciate you with us today. I heard someone say uh, in a comment section that their favorite, uh, they love the Monday morning minute. The only thing they don't like about it is that it's on Monday. <laughs> I also saw a comment that said the only thing they didn't like about it was that it was too short. So I'm going a little more lax on the edits on this one. This is a much more relaxed episode than the other ones we usually do, even though those ones are pretty relaxed too. Yeah. But I wanted to do a little bit longer of an episode. And that, so that's what we brought you today. And, you know, let us know. Hit us up in the Discord. There's a link to our Discord in the description. Tell us how you like the length of this one, the editing. We're very open to any kind of criticism because we this podcast is doing very well right now. Um, but we can always be doing better. We can always, you know, be more professional, less professional. We want to know how we can do better. <laughs> Right. And uh, Chad and I are very open to criticism. Just don't insult the way that we look or carry ourselves. Yeah. Um, Give me the compliment (laughs) sandwich. You know, tell me something I'm doing great. Then tell me something I'm doing terribly. Then compliment me again on your road out. And that's the best way to get me to change. But, uh, you know, Evan's not wrong. The podcast is doing very well. And it's because of everyone listening and you guys telling your friends and joining us on this journey and being a part of this community. And it's very very special and it means a lot to both evan and i so thank you so much for your time your attention your comments your likes everything speaking of the podcast doing well if you'd like the podcast to do even better you can click on the link to our patreon which is in the description for this episode every dollar means a ton to us and it really helps out 
a whole lot because Chad and I need to quit our day jobs, everybody. <laughs> we can bring you so much more content. You want six episodes a week? We can give you six episodes a week. Just uh, just go smash that subscribe button. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. I, want that. I went this you... whole time without ever saying smash that subscribe button. <laughs> I'm I literally, disgusting. I literally made a TikTok video. I don't think it was TikTok. It was a YouTube short that was like, every button in the world we press, except for the follow <laughs> button. That button, we smash. <laughs> we smash it. But anyway, uh, we really appreciate everybody's support, um, both mentally and financially. So uh, everybody, have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. I thought that was fun. I thought that was nice yeah. and clean.